Today on the podcast, we have Scott Leach. He is the head strength and conditioning coach at the University of Rhode Island. We talk about the law of assumption, our go-to coffee orders, measuring success, how he innovates his practice, internal versus external pressure, New Year's resolutions, go-to gas station ice cream, and much, much more. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Leach. Yeah, but what, what speed do you listen to? I'm a standard 1x. I like to I like to be present. I am minimum 1.5, probably closer to 2. So, I okay, I actually have made, at least in the last year, I've tried to make conscious choices to be more present, like coming to a complete stop at stop signs, like not trying not to speed, like, and I think listening to podcasts at normal speed is a part of that journey. Or you're I, just an efficiency know. guy. You're I, like... I, my first job ever, I showed up, and my boss and I would listen to the same podcast, and we would talk about them. And then he would—he started getting ahead of me, and he was like, did you listen to this podcast yet? And I was like, no. He was like, did you listen to this one yet? I was like, no. And eventually, I was like, how are you doing this? And he was listening to podcasts, no lie, at 2.5 speed. I was like, <laughs> how do you even understand what they're saying right now? He was like, I'm, I'm listening and consuming it as I go. So I had to start picking up my podcast speed just so I could have conversations with him at work. So I've kind of kept that ever since, and it. Otherwise, I get back like my Audible right now. I have like three books I haven't read. What are you? What What are you gravitating towards? Whether it's like podcast books, is it like motivational stuff, or is it more like fun content? Do you want, do you want to know what the latest topic is? What you're gonna love it. So <laughs> is it like like a little Colleen? It's Hoover? a little <laughs> no. It's a little woo woo. Um, my wife got into it first and has gotten me into it a little bit. It's called the Law of Attraction. Yes. Have you ever seen The Secret? No, check that. Not Law of Attraction. <laughs> assumption. Law of Assumption. Yeah, you were telling me about this. I actually did Google it's it. It's better than The Law of Attraction. Why is it Why is it better? Well, what's the difference? Do okay. you know the difference? Okay, so The Law of Attraction, you, you hope that, you know, things will happen to you. You hope for success. You wish for success, and you, it comes to you. The Law of Assumption is you already assume you have it you already assume it's out there in the universe for you. So it's not just a wish and a thought. You've taken that thought and put it out there. And the the way it was explained to me is that all energy isn't created or destroyed. It's just transferred from one thing to another, right? So your thoughts are energy. Now, if you think whatever it is that you want, success, fame, fortune, meeting somebody that thought has become real it's only limited by your imagination how well you can think about that thought how well you can imagine whatever it is you want and then you put that thought out there it's energy it has to go somewhere eventually it should come back to you how uh, on a scale of one to ten how would you rate your like ability to visualize because i think that's something that can be difficult for people to like imagine a a goal or a career or whatever it is that you've never actually possessed to be able to like picture yourself in that. And I've actually talked about this with my dad, like with visualizing with sports, like sometimes like he would say like, you know, I would start to visualize something, whether it's like playing golf or whatever. And sometimes you visualize yourself doing the wrong thing or like making the mistake. Cause it's your, you just almost can't like break that through that. How do you, do you, do you ever, like, work on your visualization, or is it just something that you feel like has kind of come naturally to you? On a scale of 1 to 10? You don't, you don't have to put a number on it, but... 
I'm probably like a three or a four. Yeah. Right? I feel like it's a very untapped piece of my potential. Yeah. The, the I think coming back to your podcast thing, I think part of it is you need to slow down. Right? And I don't slow down enough to be able to stop and visualize and think about it. So it's a good point. But yeah, no, it, it, it's hard. It's not easy to sit there and think about it. And you're trying to use all your senses, right? You try to use your sense of sight and smell and touch. And, you know, you try and the more you can tap into those things, the more that imagination becomes real. Yeah. Per se. Um, but it's hard. It's good. So I see, is that black coffee, cold it is, brew? It is cold brew. Are you a oh, cold brew? Okay, so you're a high caffeine content kind of person. I mean, I have this coffee and I have my home coffee as well. I make my own cold brew at home what? every day. Cold brew, okay. Yes. And you do, that's not like the I, stock store-bought, you're making it yourself. I'm making it myself. Okay, what's you know your process? Because make... I'm, I'm a, I'm a pour-over coffee girl, so uh. I grind my own beans. I'm like... I'm now, do you use an electric grinder or do you do the hand I grinder? I do use an electric grinder, Amazon Basics. See, I had a, I had a Everything's, hand. Everything's, I'm, I, if I could be the face of Amazon Basics, I think okay. I would be. Back when I was grinding my own beans, I had the hand grinder. Just talk about a workout. Industrial. Yep. So, I, nowadays, it's just ground coffee. Just get the cheap, big container of it. Um, and get a five-gallon or whatever it is pitcher. Like, a, mm-hmm. you'd fill it up with iced tea or lemonade yeah, yeah. in the summer. Um, and then they have these now, they call them like coffee bags, but it's like, um, like the paper filter type, kind of like a paper filter, but it's a bag. It's a reusable mm. bag. So you fill like that a up. Nut milk bag yeah, 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 yeah. So cheese cloth. Cheese cloth vibe <laughs> in a bag. So you'll put the coffee grounds in there. You'll then pour obviously the water into the container and then put it in your fridge overnight. And then by the next morning. Like that's you have a blender bottle full of that's some pretty dark coffee. So I don't always buy a second coffee. I was just gonna say, I figured today today was a great day for the podcast. I was like, let's indulge, let's treat ourselves. We Um, deserve it. So, so what's the point of making it at home if you go buy it as well? It's just not enough. Again, again, I only bought it for for the special occasion today. today. So normally I will buy maybe a coffee once a week. Is it like a little treat? It's a treat. It's honestly a treat at this point. It's a treat because otherwise I have that. The only time I may buy a coffee is if I don't prep that the night before so i finish it and i'm like oh i'm too lazy to you know clean it out start it over do a new one that's on me so yeah does your coffee order change based on where you go because i know for me like i can't drink black coffee from duncan that's just not happening the nice thing about enjoying black coffee is you can pretty much get it you can get it anywhere but it's not all created equal yeah so what am i gonna do i'm a black coffee person what am i gonna do go somewhere else and get get a crazy coffee order i'm not gonna do that what would be a crazy you would never be seen drinking like a whatever you're drinking is too much for me latte i I like a because coffee if i'm getting coffee out it's also a treat so i'm like i'm gonna make it a treat see i don't i don't you view it more as a dessert i don't really see i do i like but when i make it at home i make black coffee like when it's hot coffee it's black for me i am not a huge hot coffee person but i actually had hot coffee this past sunday I like There's hot a very coffee rare change on a day off. It's a different, it's a different setup. Or if I'm cold. Yeah. Like I was in Boston this past weekend and we were walking around late at night and I was like, I need something to keep my hands warm. So I got a hot coffee. Yeah. And the glizzy cart wasn't open. No, it was not. Yeah. No. I was walking. Most coffee places in Boston were not open. Really? And it was only like, cause we were, we went to go see Cirque du Soleil, which was oh. wild. Um, <laughs> 
but it was like 6.30 on a Friday in Boston, yeah. and every Starbucks and Dunkin' we passed was closed. There was only like a mom and pop shop open. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I very, mean, people, I, I guess people don't run on Dunkin' after, after 5 p.m. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your goals as a strength coach, um, because I'd say you're, at least in my experience, relatively young. For, for a head strength coach, would you I appreciate say? that. I need that. Yeah. Do you? Every day I wake up and I think I'm just feel, older and older, old? and closer to death. Um, so this is good. I, I feel that. well. You know, I'm here for a sixth year, so I feel pretty old in my environment. Yeah, you're getting you're getting up there. Are you? So are you the oldest on your staff? No, right? No, I'm not. Mark, no. Yeah. Mark is. Yeah. So who <laughs> um, <laughs> just had a baby? Not like what? He six months ago. His, he just had his second. Four second months ago. Baby, yeah. No, it'll be eight months on Christmas. Was it last year? Why yes. do I feel like it was in season? It was in the spring. Oh, was it? Yeah, because he left, and then we, we covered me. him from end of April, all of May. Yeah, Coach Nappy took over. That's right. It was good stuff. That's right. But how would you – what is your mentality like? Because you're dealing with so many different athletes, so many different, would you say, like styles of training, like how you're maybe communicating with – like 30 football guys is maybe different than how you're communicating with, you know, 15 volleyball girls, for example. Or do you consider it just the same thing? Like, how, how do you approach training so many different athletes for so many different um, things? So the training is different. We'll talk about that. But the overall goal for me as the head strength coach here running the department is that I want this to be one of the best parts of the student athlete experience that you have here. I want you to leave after four or five or six <laughs> years, right? Pending, and, pending. And when you go back and you think about your time, I don't want you to think necessarily, I, I want you to think about the hard days, man, they, you know, that day crushed us or that was such a, a crazy workout or an occasion, but I want you to think about the time that you're here and that you enjoyed your time here, that you it was a worthwhile adventure um, that hopefully you have skills of how to train for the rest of your life and train more like an athlete than just say, well, I, I, you know, I now I'm going to go back to the other gym and I only know bodybuilding workouts or things like that. I want you to still be fit and active and know all the parts of a, a successful workout by the time you leave. And I want that for all of our teams. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what sport you're on. I want this to be a worthwhile. I want this to be honestly one of the best parts of your college experience um the other piece of that too is when coaches talk about recruiting i would love for people to to know about rhode island as a place where you know what if i go there i know that they are going to help me become a better athlete they're going to help me become a better whatever my sport is um, because they have a really good strength conditioning program i would love for people to go oh, like i've you know high school recruits oh i've seen this on instagram i've seen this on twitter I know that you guys do a lot of good things or my high school coach said that Rhode Island does a really good job. Like that would be a really big goal for us is to kind of be known for that. Um, so that's, that's the overall goal. And then when it comes to training teams, every team's a little bit different and you, you have to coach them the way that they want to be coached. So like an example with our, I work with football and women's tennis. I asked our football team, I asked every single kid on the team, after the season, a couple questions. One of them was, how do you want to be coached this offseason? 
So how do you want to be coached this offseason? That's such a tough question because I'm – I don't want to say I'm, like, jaded at this point, but I feel like I've just been through it so many times that I'm like, you could kind of be however you want, and I feel like I'm just – like, I'll go with, like, whatever you give me. Like, I'm like, you want to, like – if you're, like, a scream, yell, like, hype me up kind of person, I'm into it. If you're, like, a more, like, laid back, I'm into it. I feel like I'm going to go with the flow kind of kind of person i like i i'll take on whatever environment i'm in yeah. i try to what is the bruce leak be like water be like water That's so our so our football guys a lot of them said i want to be coach me like i'm a all-conference person coach me like we're a championship team coach so what does us that mean right so that's you? part of the question right you have to dig in a little bit yeah. deeper and find out what that means for them another person said i want to be a leader this year so challenge me to be a leader. And if he never said anything, I would have just said, well, you're just, you know, a sophomore. That's or a big thing to be scene. able to say, I feel like, to a coach, um, to any coach. Uh, like to 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 have the self-awareness yeah, yeah, to yeah. say, I, I think I'm ready for this. And it's not a physical thing. It's not like, oh, I want to. But it's also an, an, an ask for help. Of, yes. I don't know necessarily how to be a leader. Knowing you don't know But enough. can you put me in leadership yeah. situations? and guide me through it a little bit. That's one of my favorite, um, I guess, like, theories. Have you heard of the Dunning-Kruger theory? Like, right, where it's, like, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Like, I, that's the place that I'm, like, trying to get to. It's just, like, when I don't know the answer to something, like, getting excited about it. Or even in a volleyball-specific sense, like, not knowing why something isn't working, but knowing kind of how you were saying how you have this untapped potential, like being able to kind of like feel it that you're just scratching the surface, but not actually knowing like how to get there as a coach. Is that something that you like, how do you bring that out of an athlete? How do you like get them to see their potential? Why? Well, I, I, oh. It's a loaded you're, question. You're bringing, you're bringing the hard questions today. We'll get back to some fun stuff. I have some okay. gas station snack Whoa, questions okay. later. But. Um, well, the, I mean, the first thing, you have to have enough of a relationship to understand what they want out of it. You know, what do you want out of this experience? Are you just here for the fun? Or are you here for, you know, a higher purpose? Or, you know, how, how much do you love this game and how serious are you going to take this? And the hard part with relationship is that it comes down to trust. And early on, you may not have that trust right away. But I like to think that over time I can develop that trust with people and have a better understanding of what you want and what you want to get out of this experience. It's the same thing for my staff. Like, you know, when I hire somebody to be an assistant strength coach, what are you trying to get out of this? You know, is it is it stability? Is it career progression? Is it the opportunity? And you and you know, you didn't get to have your hands on as much stuff at your previous place? I don't know. But the more I can understand what your vision is, the more I can help guide you down the path that'll take you where you want to go. Right? Like, if I don't know what where you want to go, then I can never tell you what path to go down. Yeah. So. What do you look for um, when hiring staff, given that they're all obviously have, like, the base level, like, strength training requirements and certifications like what's the the intangible or intangibles that you maybe are um excited to see like when somebody comes in 
Why did you hire Greeny and so, Mark? What was so it about I can, them? I can fix knowledge, right? I can fix if you don't know a lot. I mean, granted, at this point, everyone that applies to these jobs is smart, educated, has probably a master's degree. So usually the education is not an issue. I can't fix if you're not a good person. <laughs> right? So the first things first is like, am I hiring somebody who is going to be a great person who's going to put a great experience out there for our student athletes? And you don't, I'm not saying you have to like devote everything to this field because perfect example, like Mark has a family and I love that about him. When he's here, he does a great job and he pours a lot into his athletes, but he also isn't living in this way where he's not sleeping in here. He's not, you know, doesn't have to come to every single game that's out there because he's got a family and that's important to him too he knows he knows what his values are and i can respect that um so that's the the most important thing like are you a great person are you going to fit into the culture of what we're trying to do here are you going to pour a lot of energy and effort and love and care to into our student athletes and that's one of those things you got to like you got to feel somebody out over the course of a day you can't just like sit down on an interview and it's too formal and you don't know like that's why we'll walk people around you know are you going to hold the door open i'll purposely walk slowly to see if somebody's and now they're going to know they're going to know the answer but <laughs> like i'll see i'll let you, you walk re- ahead you I'll, be like, I'll be like hey you know let's go this way and i'll see if you hold the door open or you just you just open in the door and shopping and cart theory you yeah, take them grocery it's, shopping it's a little bit of the shopping cart theory you know what i mean i'm trying to do it in person so i heard a, a volleyball coach one time he, he had recruits on campus and what he would do is he would figure out ahead of time if it was like the recruit mom and dad so there's three he would only put two chairs in his office mm. so are you going to have a seat or are you going to make sure that your parents are having seats that's a little bit right that's and if, chess not checkers and if, if the kid comes in immediately just sits down and, and dad's standing there or mom's standing there it's not a good look so what do you would you do the like I'm not saying you you immediately x the recruit out and yeah, say no yeah. dice but like are you supposed to be a, a team person or yeah, a family person when you, you what do you don't think even... you would do do you think you would stand Heck yeah. i feel like or i'd try and go find another chair yeah, for myself I was gonna or say, something finding but... another chair i think would be probably probably my method but um how how do you define maybe or maybe you don't define it but success for yourself when everything in athletics is so performance-based, do you put a lot on that? Like, is the performance element really important to you? Or obviously, everyone's focused on the process. What a classic Amazon basics <laughs> question. question. What does success mean But it's to you? like in a, in a specific way. Like, how um, do, do you put it? Is it all on, like, do you put it into the athletes? Is, is what they do the like results of your like does is that how you kind of actualize so so in our field it's it's such a tough thing to quantify now to answer the success my definition of success is doing the best of your abilities no doing what you say you're going to do to the best of your abilities when you say you're going to do it simple as that and if you do those things, you'll be successful. If not, you're probably not going to be successful. So that's that's that. But in our field, it's so tough to decide whether or not what you're doing in here is successful, 
right? Because you could be getting stronger and, and doing all this and say, oh, look at our squat numbers. They've gone up by so much. Look at our jump numbers. They've gone up. by, And then you still go out and you have a losing season. There's other teams that don't lift weights at all that win championships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how am I supposed to quantify? Do I, do I use wins and losses? Do I use just purely numbers and then how do I say whether or not I'm doing a good job with a team that doesn't come in and train Mm -hmm. you know and then it's like I don't want to get caught up in the numbers game because there's more to athletic performance than just numbers it's health it's movement Um, so part of it is like okay I want to have some of those numbers the other piece to this job again I think is is student athlete experience you know did are we getting kind of good reviews from our student athletes? Are our graduating seniors saying good things about the strength and conditioning department and the way it's going? Um, you know, I think that's another like piece of it that's kind of important. So, do you feel like, especially with the relationships with student athletes, do you feel like you've kind of been thrusted into like a therapist role? Like, do you have? like athletes that really like lean on you and is that something that you were prepared for coming into something like a a head strength coaching type of position where you know athletes feel comfortable being vulnerable around you and, and handling that in a way that's you know gonna foster their development as well as yours I used to think that we more than other coaches on campus had to absorb a little bit of that therapist role i'm starting to realize that you would lean on your sport coaches just as much as us we just notice it more because we work with every athlete on campus right so if i if i had my own weight room and i only had my teams in my weight room i wouldn't feel that way as much because i wouldn't see all the other athletes that come in and, and talk to us and confide in us but when you think about that we have 500 something student athletes then it's like a higher rate man they are you know it's it's a good feeling to know that people trust us enough that they want to come in here and vent or they want to come in here and 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 lay something on us and that we can kind of at least talk through it with them or just be the soundboard because sometimes people need that they just need somebody to i gotta let this out and you say great um and then hopefully you know we can steer them into a um a better Somebody we can talk about it. More, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So. Do you ever feel like there's like a culture clash with so many different people and so many different teams coming in here, where maybe whatever is going on on their team, maybe there's drama, maybe there's I don't know, lack of culture, just different culture, that when they come in here, it's like not, you know, they're not necessarily getting the most out of, out of, you know, being in here. So one of my favorite things about being in here is that it's the one hour out of your day where you can hopefully put all that stuff away, right? And and this is like the last safe haven of not having your phone on you. Yeah. Right? Per- so I came Perfect back- world, you leave your phone I was gonna say- some- in the locker room or somewhere else. Yes. And it's like this is probably the one hour of your day other than when you jump in the shower or when yeah. you put your finally put your phone on the charger to go to bed that your phone is like not on you or near you. Yeah. And I think that's why, partially why people enjoy lifting and working out is because you're giving your body such great, you know, endorphins Mm -hmm. and, like, giving your... And then you're away from your phone and just, like, the anxiety of when's that next ping coming and what was that notification. Like, for an hour, you don't have to worry about any of that. You don't have to worry about class. You don't have to worry about, you know, 
trying to impress your sport coach or things like that. This is like a, a little one hour cut out of your life. It's yeah. like a completely well, different experience. When I came down here to work out um, maybe last week, I left my phone for that exact reason. I'm like, what do I need my phone for? What am I going to like be? I don't need it. So I leave it upstairs and then come down here to get a workout. And he's like, do you have your phone? You want to take a picture? And I'm like, <laughs> this is the one, time is the, one bring, yeah. time, the one place that I don't bring my phone. What's your favorite um, like non like technologically related activity like to whether it's to unwind or just to like stimulate your brain like are you like a do you like puzzles do you like to cook do you like to do anything like tactile well you do woodworking I, I do woodworking that. right I have not done woodworking in a while hopefully over winter break I'm going to get back into it do something over winter break but anything that involves two hands yeah is great for yeah. the same exact reason of it's very hard to be on your you phone. Be present. Right. If I'm in the kitchen, I love cooking. If I'm in the kitchen making food or, or prepping dinner, uh, sure, I could play like a YouTube video on the counter while I go, and sometimes I'll do that. But it's very hard to be on your phone Yeah. when your hands are covered in flour. Sure. So anything that involves two hands and just being active. So how did the, the woodworking start? Because you kind of made a little – I mean, you have a – a brand basically with it a little bit um, so how did that kind of come to be so i've always side hustle yeah i've always been a little bit handy um my dad was he's uh he was a builder you know he he had all the the equipment not equipment the um tools yeah. he had all the tools right so i i inherited all those i took all the the family tools and then it started out just like random little things here and there. I think I built like a coffee table. I saw like this thing on Pinterest or something like that. It was a whiskey barrel cut in half mm -hmm. and then um, put a tabletop on top. Like so a we, glass top? Kind of like a, you could do a glass top. I did like a wood top. So I have that now in our living room and it's our dining room or living room kind of table mm -hmm. next to the couch. Um, so it started with like, I just wanted to do that and see if I could do it. And then that was when I was still up at Merrimack. And then we came back, came here, and just started building random things that I needed. Like, I built my home gym, built my own platform to drop the weights on because you don't want to drop them straight on concrete. Um, so I knew how to do that. And then when COVID hit, we went home. I had nothing to do all day. So I was like, let's just do some woodwork and do some projects. My wife wanted, she wanted, like, an L desk. Oh, yeah. She is I a, saw that. She's uh, a wedding photographer, so she works from home. She wanted her own desk, so I made that. And I was like, okay, like, if I can make something this big, I can keep going. Um, I saw a lot of, like, epoxy projects on on Instagram. I was like, let me play around with this a little bit. So I did a couple epoxy projects. Um, I saw scroll saw, which is, like, a way of cutting wood out into certain shapes. So I started making signs. And then my buddy was like, can you make a chess set? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So I found a book on how to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to follow the book. And that took like six months. All the little, the, like, because you had to hand made, carve all the pieces. I made every single piece by hand. Yeah, wow. that was the hardest part. The board was easy. Right. Put it all together, done deal. But the chess pieces themselves, I don't think I, I, I told him I would do it again, but I will charge no less than probably like a thousand dollars. I'll make it really hard for somebody to, to convince me to do it. Yeah. So that, that makes a great fun. gift though. 
Have you given? He uh, gave it. Found... So he bought it and he gave it to his brother as a wedding gift because his yeah, brother's a big chess awesome. fan. And I guess it sits in their in their living room and they play like every couple of days. That's awesome. So I'm glad it gets used. Um, are you a big chess guy? I am a big chess guy. Did you watch Queen's Gambit? I did watch Queen's Gambit. Yeah, good show. Do, what's your go-to? Do you like watch shows to fall asleep? No. You're like a no blue light after a certain time. Um, I try to be no blue light. One thing we're going to do in 2023 is we're going to change. Wait? I know why wait, right? but I already <laughs> I, I started yet. I actually did it yesterday, so we're a little bit. No phones in bed. Tough, right? Yeah, it but, makes sense. Also, that when you're married to that, makes but sense. figure out the triggers of why do you bring your phone into bed the first place? Yeah. We figured out that it's because you we put, we play together? Wordle right before we go to yeah. bed. So now we're gonna change. We're gonna do Wordle at dinner. Then there's no reason. Just put the phone on the chart. Put it on the other side of the room. I have a book that I haven't read that I'm just sitting right there. And I'm like, all right, got to read the book. That's another time speaking, bringing it back to hot beverages. I like a hot beverage before bed. A tea, a bone a tea. broth. Yeah. It's nice. I'm not a big tea. Gets me, gets me cozy. But um, what would you say? What, do you have any, like, guilty pleasure? Like, what's the YouTube rabbit hole you go down the most? For me, it's like I'll do a Tiny Desk concert. I love I'll Tiny Desk. Honestly, like... This one's a little bit, um, like, out of pocket, maybe. But PBS Frontline documentaries. Okay. I'm into those. I am I am a big Pokemon fan. Really? But I don't, I, I don't have, like, a Nintendo Switch yeah. or anything like that to play it myself. So you maybe, watch other people So play. maybe I just watch other people play because I wish I could play. And then yeah. I won't get sucked down the rabbit hole playing for hours a day if I watch other people play it. Okay. So. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So that, that's your thing. But what? I have no desire to, like, pull the trigger and get a Nintendo Switch. I'm just like, nope. Yeah. Like, scratch like my itch. That's like with Uggs. I'm like, I really want a pair, but I every time I think to buy them, it's February. And I'm like, why yeah. now? Yeah. It's too late. Um, what would you say, what music are you listening to the most when you work out? Because I feel like people are either all over the place or they have one genre. They're like, I do EDM when I work out or I do, like, this when I work out. Do you care at all? Because I listen to music from nine to five or whenever I'm in here, not really, because I'll yeah. hear everything. I think when I work out, I try and get away from the rap and hip hop, or at least like the today's rap, because that's probably the number one thing that plays the most in here is like the modern rap stuff. I love old school rap um, or underground rap. I think those are great. I like to lift a country as like a change up. I like more like 90s country, though. Okay. Instead of little, the new stuff, I like somebody. Yeah. That's my only <laughs> reference for 90s country. And then uh, when I'm home, I'm huge into lo-fi. Oh. I love, I love Do you lo-fi. know the, the YouTube video, the lo-fi study lo- beats? Lo-fi hip-hop, the study too. With the, the, with the, girl, with the, yep. the anime girl with the headphones. Yep. Um, I know that one too well. I like that. And then uh, lo-fi or just like old school Donkey Kong playlist. And we'll we'll play it later. It's like a lo-fi version of it, and it just gives me the most hit of nostalgia ever as like a six-year-old playing Donkey Kong as a kid growing up. Yeah. Have you? um, What is your approach to nutrition? Given that you probably train a lot, I would say a decent amount. I I can fool people. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Surprisingly, what? right? I, I live in a gym six yeah. to seven days a week. I probably don't work out as much as people think. Yeah. Because some days I'm just like, I'm looking at it all day. But you're I'm also like, no. like on your feet, I feel like a lot. Yeah. More than the average person. Yeah. So what is your, I mean, you said you like to cook. What do you, like, what is your just approach? Is it just kind of whatever you're feeling? Do you try to, um, because I think for me, like, my thing is, all right, let's just get a vegetable in here. Like, let's just make sure we're getting a veggie today. Like, yeah. and then we'll, everything else falls into place. It's so I, I think we've defined our eating style now as Whole30-ish. Okay. Um, we actually, when when COVID hit, we were living at my mom's house. So it was my mom, my brother, my now wife, and me. And we had already made an agreement that we were going to do Whole30 in April or something like that of that year maybe it was march maybe it was april but we're like all right like we got to do it yeah. so we did whole 30 during covid and we all lost like 20 pounds it was That's crazy insane. so it, it was very hard to strictly adhere to it because you have to get the whole 30 salad dressing you have yeah. to get the whole 30 ketchup so we'll try to keep it whole 30 but that doesn't mean we're not going to live our life and stuff too um we try and plan our dinners out and the way we'll do it is usually we'll pick something that we can do for two nights so if we're going to do pizza we'll do two nights worth of pizza if we're going to do like we just did um for some reason we decided we want to do nachos so we did last night we did nachos we cooked enough ground beef so that we could do nachos again tonight gotcha. um love my air fryer see i don't have a microwave but i do have an air fryer, air fryer oh so good air fryer so, is nice um i would i don't know like i i go through phases like sometimes i'm really big into breakfast because, you know, I tell athletes all the time that they need to eat breakfast. I can't um, eat before 9 a.m. Um, There's no shot. But lately I've just been I've been pushing it as late as I can. I don't know if you call it fasting or whatever, but I've just been pushing it as late as I can and see what I eat. I um, What's your favorite genre of food? Like if you could only eat one um, cultural, like whether it would be like Vietnamese, Mexican, Italian, like what, what was one – that you if you could only eat one for the rest of I don't life. know if this is a, a category but like what cowboys eat so steak <laughs> like a, potatoes okay. chili gotcha. cornbread so like southern food. southern comfort food southern but like I don't necessarily like need I don't need the type. I don't need the ribs per se okay I like Tex-Mex but Tex-Mex, I would I, I would say Austin. what would a cowboy in the wild wild west eat and that's those are things that i'll have okay i'd be okay with that okay um are you a big barbecue guy i'm a big barbecue guy i like barbecue what's the best barbecue you've had because <sighs> um, i've been to some good places okay. in austin okay so I've, I've been to i've been to waco texas i've been to missouri but i've been the, to st louis yeah Saint but the best barbecue i've ever had was a hole in the wall it's closed now it just i don't know if the building fell apart or something but it was a tiny hole in the wall place in san antonio i went there for a conference pulled up on the map and it was a place called Icebox barbecue or something like that it was like a two mile walk and i'm like all right i'm just gonna walk it whatever i go there and it's your classic like they have some picnic tables they got like one window you just add and they give you a tray and the tray is is so Loaded, big yeah and i get the whole train it was like nine dollars and i'm like what is like what and i ate it all i went back i got a second second tray 
I was like, I don't know if I'm going to walk home. I think I rolled home. And I went back the next day. I was like, this is so good. And then I told my buddy about it like a year later because he was going to San Antonio. And he was like, no, nah, this is a It's like, it's, did it's you ever watch How I Met business. Your Mother? You know the episode where they can't find the burger place? Like, and they're just wandering around New York City? Yeah. Um, what? Because didn't you say your wife used to work in a bakery? Um, what is the best thing that she has made? What's your favorite thing that she makes? I mean, made? I mean, she just sold it. She didn't. She wasn't in the back. Oh. She wasn't in the back grinding out well, yeah, I rolls. I didn't know because you just said, well, my... Cause yeah, she worked, I told yeah, she worked in a bakery. Well, I was telling you, I worked at a bakery. Were you Were you in the back? Yes, you, I was in oh, the back. Wow. I, didn't own, oh, I didn't own sweet cakes in oh. Wakefield. Yeah, but I didn't know if you worked the register. <laughs> oh, both, both. I made, no, she only worked the register. Okay. I um I made breakfast sandwich. If you went to sweet cakes in the summer of 2021, I could have made your breakfast sandwich. Wasn't into breakfast back then. Really, yeah. I'm a huge breakfast is probably my favorite, but I don't like eating it in the morning. I like eating it at like eleven or twelve. <sighs> favorite bakery items. Are you like a sweets guy or not really? Because I I was having this conversation with my guy. friends. I do like sweets. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like I'm like if it's between an apple turnover. Mm. I would go apple turnover. Some people are like weird about warm fruit. Like Harper doesn't like warm fruit. I'm I'm fine with. Warm I'm fine fruit. with warm fruit. Yeah. What is uh? Do you have an herb garden? I gave my wife a kit to make an herb garden. It didn't really work out. No. No. It's tough in this it is in tough. this climate. Yeah, in this environment, yeah. Um, what about in this economy? In this economy, no, it's true. Inflation. The prices of dill are are skyrocketing. Astronomical. Um That's what I was, so I was going to ask like in terms of baked goods cuz at the time I wrote these questions, it was stone fruit season, so I was going to ask, what's your favorite stone fruit? So you have, like, peaches, nectarines, cherries. Um, I think mangoes are technically a stone fruit. Apricots. I love cherries. I Anything love peaches. Anything with a pit. You know what is is a, a very odd favorite fruit of mine? Is an Asian pear. Mm. Have you ever had an Asian yes, pear? Yes, I have. I lived in Korea for two years. Did nice. I ever tell you that? I love Asian pear. No, you didn't tell me yeah. that. Yeah. No, Asian pears are so good. They're huge, too, over there. They're, like... They're enormous, but they're very good. Yes. Um, what is the what would you say is the goaded gas station ice cream? Like in the chest, like you're getting like a strawberry shortcake bar or like a Toll House cookie sandwich, like bomb pop, like classic like ice cream truck. The ice cream truck rolls up to my house, yes. and I gotta grab something off the truck. It's probably an ice cream sandwich. Yeah. I'm older now, so I'm a little bougier. There's a place in Providence called uh, something uh, Bicycle or Tricycle okay. Ice Cream. We'll look it up after this. Yeah. Um, but they do ice cream sandwiches like that. And we'll oh, like homemade, like a yes, insomnia home, homemade, type? Yes. Gotcha. Um, what, how would you, we're going to segue, but um, going back to, because you mentioned going to a conference in San Antonio and like what do you what is the environment like with strength and conditioning programs and coaches outside of like just your internal space is it like is everybody like really willing to share and and open or is it still kind of competitive and edgy or is there a mixture like how do you interact with I think it's a little bit of a mixture I think it depends on kind of who you are and what level you're at Part of it is some people want to go to a conference like that so that they can wear their shirt and say, oh, I'm at Power 5 school. 
and then everyone looks around and go, oh, that person's at Power 5 school, you know, and there's part of that, like, measuring contest. But then there's other people that'll go, and they'll just show up and whatever because they want to go learn or they want to connect with friends. I think that's one thing in this industry. Like, a lot of the friends that I went to school with then went to all different parts of the country to go be a coach. So if we have a chance to come together at a conference like that, we might spend more time hanging out with each other than we do actually learning, which is bad. But um, sometimes, like, that, those are the best. You learn more reconnecting with everybody because it's like, well, I went out to – Arizona. What have you been doing out in Arizona? I have a buddy that um, he actually officiated my wedding. He was a strength coach at Hofstra. Now he's working for the military. So what do you do with the military guys? I have another buddy that was in my wedding that is now a high school highest level football strength coach in uh, Georgia. Like that's completely different than what I do. And then one of my other buddies is that he's the head guy at Fordham. So, like, if we all get together, like, we got together for my wedding, we hung out and we chatted more, and we learned more during that time than maybe you would in an entire conference. Yeah. So. I was going to ask, what do you feel is the most effective um, tool in, in terms of maybe innovating or kind of bringing back knowledge to this program? Is it going to conferences like that? Is it just – sort of like the grassroots community aspect of like communicating with the your friends and the people that you're close to is it social media like what do you feel like you re- like lean on the most for like innovation in a sense I think social media has been great I think going to conferences and things like that is awesome but I think what melts all that together into actionable information is sitting in the room together what do you? I don't know what he's want. I don't. Oh yeah, kick him out. Yeah, man. We got an intruder. We got somebody in here. Who? Who is it? I don't know. There's somebody in the back. They're just on the bikes. Oh really? It's not an athlete. This is never. Yeah, it's not an athlete. Oh man, what a day. What a drama on the podcast. I know. I was just gonna say T T T T. The T has been spilled. Is he gonna make, oh, is he gonna make is he gonna an intern? It? Wow. I hope he does it himself. All right, does TBD. Green, does Greeny have social anxiety? He does a little oh. bit. TBD. We'll see what happens. There. Oh. We'll come back to that. Um, um, but sorry. But th- I think the thing that melts everything together of, of what you learn is the conversations you sit down and have in the office, or the people you hang. You know, you're the product of the five people you hang around with the most. And uh, I've never know, heard that before. You are you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Interesting. So. If you're the bottom of the, you know, you hang out mm, with four billionaires okay. and you, yeah, yeah, yeah. think about it. Like if, if you hung out with four billionaires all the time and you, they would pull you up. Yeah. Now you hung out with four people that don't have the desire to achieve or really push themselves in life. What's going to happen? You're going to settle in with them. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick the five people you hang around with the most wisely. Yeah. Who are your, like, what do you, what would you say are your five? You don't have to. So, I mean, these two, just because I spend so much time sure. with them at work. Um, so that's two. My wife, if my two dogs count, but if not, then it's, it's you know, it's. Do they bring you up? My mom. Or, oh, yeah, then they, they count. Yeah. yeah, then they count. If okay. not, it's it's my family. It's my mom, my brother. So. It's your dog person. Huge um, how did you... I'm allergic to cats. Oh, so. okay. I had a cat for a long time, but I, I'm allergic so to cats. I was always I was very anti-cat. I'm pro-cat now. I've met some great cats in the past, like right. two, three years. I think they get a bad rep. I had a, a neighbor's cat that used to follow me home from school, and I would feed him a whole slice of ham every day. <laughs> yes, a whole slice of deli ham every day. His like name... an Oscar Mayer out of the package? Yes. Okay. Boom. 
cold and he would eat it. He loved it. And so he he would wait for me to get off the school buses when I was like a freshman little Pavlovian little response. He would follow me home and then he would sneak ahead. He'd find a a bush and then he would jump out of the bush and he wanted to like play. And so he'd follow me home every day and we didn't keep him in the house or anything like that. But he was over all the time because he was loving it. And then uh, he actually got bit by a German shepherd. Oh, and his whole back part of his leg and he came crawling to our house instead of going to his actual house he crawled to our house and at that point we're like we're paying for this medical bill and this is our cat and we kept him in the house we rehabbed him he was awesome he was uh polydactyle so he had a thumb oh wow i have seen that so he's a big orange like not a main coon cat but like gave you that vibe he was definitely (laughs) garfield-esque and uh, is gonna love this section and he was he was awesome um, awesome cat. What was the cat's name? Kitty. <laughs> okay. We That's believe fitting. we believe his name might have been Sebastian because every once in a while a good name we would hear the neighbors yell Sebastian, <laughs> and he'd be at our house and we'd be like, he ain't coming home. So we called um, him Kitty though. How did you? Are your dogs rescues? My dogs are both rescues. Yes. I, I had two rescues as well. So yeah. you're like a, an advocate for, yes, for adopt, that? adopt adopt on shop. Adopt yeah. on shop. Yeah. Um, I think. I think animals are important for a number of reasons. Obviously, like they're they become a part of your family. But I think that how we treat animals is a really it's a very indicative way to show kids like how to treat something that is like less than you in a way. Like yeah. how do you treat, um, you know, just how do you treat anybody or right? like anything that can't um, do anything for you in a way. Um, so I think that's important. And when like when this is something that I really didn't realize until recently, but when people are like whether it's animal abuse or they're um, overbreeding and or even like the exotic animal, like the Tiger King thing, it's like there's always something deeper and more sinister going on. It's like it's never just the animal abuse. It's always something else. So that get that gets me. Did you watch Tiger King? No. Is that a COVID thing? No, skip I it. never watched it either, but I feel like I know what happened. Yeah, I heard enough about it. Because now that I live in Tampa, I'm by uh, Carol's place. What, whatever. I'd rather called. I'd rather talk about Liver King than Tiger Liver King. Liver King. I heard. Well, I saw his apology video. Oh no, oh, no. poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. Um, what do you? So do you feel like that? That's something that's common. Like, in I mean, obviously it's common, but in like the fitness industry, like, do you think that? a lot of people are like putting on this front even in the strength and conditioning space that it's like you're almost portraying this like image it's it's so it's so bad because you look at the fitness industry and you're like i would love to achieve a, a physique like that and it, it gets to the point and you know it's obvious that liver king was definitely on twelve thousand dollars a yeah. month worth of growth hormone but like there's people there and you think that's achievable but I can tell you, like, no, they're on stuff. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? Yeah. You know, when he takes his shirt off, and he's, he's like, he's muscle, but, like, that is, like, a physique that most guys should try and strive for. That's, I think, doable. But, like, when you look at some of these Instagram people, or even, like, celebrities, like, do you think The Rock is natural? Like, get out of here if you think he's natural, because he's not. Like, they get paid millions yeah, of millions exactly. of dollars to look a certain way they're going to do whatever they need to do to look that way. Yeah. You know, and it's like it, it gives you, oh, I want, you know, I'd love to look like that or I'd love to look like a, 
a pro athlete or something like that. The other part is like, well, they are genetically just different than everyone else, mm-hmm. and that's not achievable. So it, it's tough from a body image thing because I think people would be surprised if you got stripped everything away. And you like just even said, the right, people that the ones that look natural are just on like a good regimen, even yeah. like it's not it's not even. Um, that they are natural. It's like it's almost the same thing with plastic surgery. People yeah. say the best plastic surgery you can't tell that, exactly. that people have you gotten could, stuff done. You know, and they'll be like, "Well, I just take you know all these supplements, all these," and it's like you also take yeah. a little bit of something else yeah. too. You know, and they what's, they won't talk about that part. What's your view on uh, supplements? Do you take any? Um, do you supplement? My number one supplement Fish is magnesium. <laughs> Michelle is good too, but I don't know. I go I go through magnesium for sleep or is yes. it, yeah, yes. I've heard that. People are just just super deficient in magnesium. I'll take vitamin D in the winter as well. Yeah, Need got that. to. Especially um, here. The four thirty sunset is kicking me right now. When I'm on a, a morning routine and I wanna put I have like a, a shake. You've probably seen, you've seen my shake before. Oh, it's gnarly. It's gnarly, yeah. So it's frozen or it's frozen berries, spinach, and then whole bunch of different powders so i'll do lemon juice powder which is actually my nighttime routine now a glass of water lemon why, did, why lemon powder juice instead powder. of the juice is it just more con- like it's more it's, concentrated it's, yeah a little more concentrated so i'll do uh magnesium and lemon juice powder before i go to bed but i'll put that in i'll put camu camu powder i'll put matcha powder i'll put i'm into matcha I'll put you name it like a bunch of wacky things in there because somebody recommended them one time so because you heard it on a podcast and that's supposed um, to be good for your health but i'll be honest i don't really know the difference i don't you know magically feel super better on that yeah. other than knowing that i got my does it taste like you're day. like drinking like concrete because it would you know when you put it's like it has I, to be a little gritty i like you chunky. like to like chew I like on chunky. your protein is that weird i like yeah chunky. that is weird i like a smooth blend no nope. like, i want it to taste like a tropical smoothie i'm okay with some chunky i'm trying to think of something else you know chunky rather than i don't mind a little texture like a berry seed type thing that doesn't bother me but like powder like thick like like grainy sand i'm all for it oh i can't do it it. i can't do it but my protein ooh, my protein shake in the spring that i got really into tell me about it because i was because i couldn't eat in that early in the morning i we would practice at seven and then lift after so it was like a four hour block and i was always nauseous like trying to eat in the morning so then i started doing the like basically like the pediasure like whatever the 300 mm-hmm. calorie like shakes um beforehand and then after i would um because i wouldn't be like that hungry yet i would make frozen cherries vanilla or chocolate protein powder milk and just blend that and it like tasted like a milkshake, and it was my favorite thing. And I heard cher- like cherries are supposed to be good for cherry anti-inflammatory. Juice is great. Tart cherry juice. Yes, yes, anti-inflammatory. I have some in the fridge. Yeah, I'm a tart cherry tart. Ch- I, well, I'm from Michigan, which I don't know if you know this, but the National Cherry Festival is in Traverse City wow. every year. Have you been? I haven't. You have to book so far out. It's like bumping. Okay. But they have awesome. They like they have like little. Uh, my favorite thing. They have the sour cherry like gummies, or, like little Sour Patch Kids, but they're cherries and they're phenomenal. If you ever get the opportunity, I don't think that's on my bucket list. Traverse City okay. Cherry. What is on your bucket list? Cirque du Soleil was. Was it? Knocked How, that off. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Um, no trampoline act, though. I was, 
It's kind of like waiting for the trampoline to come out. They didn't do anything yeah. on the trampoline. Yeah, did they do the, like, they, stack, like, 100 yep, goals? Like, yep, they that did that. Thing? They Well, no, they stacked people. Oh, they people. They stacked, like, four were people they, like, high. and then they, No, they were shoulder standing, shoulder oh, standing. They went three high and then just went like that, and they all rolled out of it. Nobody got hurt. It was crazy. Um, they had the guy in the hula hoop. So at a Cirque du Soleil show, is the audience like, ooh, or is it? The audience is constantly clapping. Okay. Like, wow, great job. Clap, clap, clap. And it's like the entire show was just clapping. <laughs> That's so funny. So you, you, they would do like an easier trick, and then they would, just you like know, minimal as a recovery, claps. as a recovery, they're just like doing a, you know, build up. You're like, okay, okay. And then they would do like wow. a really hard trick, and the whole crowd would go nuts. <laughs> just a lot of clapping. Um, that was on my list. I'm trying to and think. And you like travel, or do you like to travel? I do. I love to travel. We just went to Greece. Oh, that's right. We did for our honeymoon. It was amazing. Yeah. We just talked about this yesterday of places we'd we'd want to go. Like Mark, he did for his honeymoon, he did a backpack across Europe. Uh. So he did like 12, 14 cities. He did it all. And we've decided, and this is where Paris is overrated, that if we were going to do another trip back to Europe, I don't think we'd put Paris on the list. I don't think we'd put maybe France, but like, I don't know. No. Even even we talked about we think London's a little overrated. London yeah, and Paris have, are the equivalent a, of New York City and Los Angeles. Really? Two places I have no desire I have to really no desire go. To go to, well, I won't say no desire, but London, I'm not like, I can't plan a trip to London right now. Yeah. Like, that's not on my list. But if I was going to, like, you know, bounce around Europe, I feel like it would make sense to stop by. I tell my wife one of, one of my bucket list items is to run with the bulls. In uh, Spain? Yeah. Nice. Have you watched, um, there's this Netflix series called Home Game, and they do one, there's this thing in Florence, and it's once a year, completely voluntary, so these athletes, they don't get paid, you have to be born in a Florence area code to be able to participate, and it's this barbaric, like, MMA game where it's like 30 guys versus 30 guys on this pitch, and they're just beating each other up and trying to score, it's basically like handball, like they try to throw a ball into a net, but you can there's no rules like you can beat each wow. other it's really insane and these guys like it's their pride it's like the, the only thing it's they called care home about. game home game on netflix they also do it's basically like really niche I, is it a documentary because i do, I do a love a documentary so every episode's a, a different sport um they did free diving which is really cool where they go like 100 meters deep or whatever um, there was roller an, derby was another one they in the did. early 2010s. There was a show on the Travel Channel, something something Dahani Jones, who's a linebacker for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he would go play okay. all these, yes, and he would play all these extreme obscure sports. Mm. And I'm trying to remember so some cool. of them. He would he did the one with the scoop high lie. I've never heard of that. You've never heard of that? No. It's like. It looks like a giant scoop that you like attach you, like, to your arm. Your do- dog, like yes, it's like type? that, but it's it's strapped to your wrist. Oh. So the whole thing. And it's whoosh. like a Lego. Extension? What's it's um, it's what's that game where the you hit the ball against the wall? Squash. Pickleball? It's like it's like squash kind of, but you have this thing, mm. and it's a long rectangular hallway. Interesting. And then there were, there were other ones too. There was like, it was like hitting a golf ball type object as far as you could and then everyone the other team was out in the field and they had these giant fans that they would throw up and try and knock the ball down and then that the distance would be your score so the other team Mm -hmm. is like trying to knock it out of the air to reduce your score interesting it was wild there was a there was an episode of the series where 
it's like maybe in Scotland somewhere, it's some traditional thing where they will roll like a big wheel of cheese. The wheel of cheese, yeah, and you got to go run sprint. down the hill and yes, go get it. Yeah. So that they do that one. Do you think too. they have a certified athletic trainer at that event? I hope so. I feel like how many torn ACLs? Do you think running there are? downhill. Yeah. There's probably broken bones and stuff. Yeah. No, seriously, that was like the roller derby. I didn't realize how intense roller derby was. It's violent, Those yeah, girls it's get into violent. it. Um, what is your? You would be a great roller derby person. You think? I feel like yeah. Just You've got bows. the aggression. Yeah. I don't know though because I feel like I'm a gentle giant. I think you'd be fine until a girl elbowed you in the yeah, face the first no, time, and then true. you'd be like, that's "This is true. not for me." <laughs> I was just gonna say, I um, I feel like, yeah, something would have to happen to me. Yeah. Right? Just be. I was never. I never really played contact sports. I did lacrosse a little bit, but girls isn't even really contact. No, there's and no then, contact. Yeah. Um, I did basketball, briefly. Um, I wasn't very good. What held you back? In basketball? Yeah. Um, well, no one taught me how to do anything. They were like, you're tall and athletic. Like, get out there when you're, like, 13, 14. Like, I'm not whatever. So I, I remember fast break, my first um, basketball game ever, freshman year of high school. I'm dribbling down the court, and the ball just keeps getting higher and higher. And I'm probably 5'10 at this point. It's at my head. And the parents are yelling at me. They're like, she's carrying it. She's carrying I'm like, I don't know how to not carry it. Like, it's literally like I'm dribbling down the court, just have no control. And then I was like, this is just, not it's not you. the instant gratification I get from, like, volleyball. It's just, yeah. like, point score, you know, the fast pace I think I gravitated yeah. towards. Like tennis as a kid. I played tennis, too. I played one year. I do love tennis. I work with tennis yeah. now, and I, I'll, I like going out there and playing. I played one year of basketball, my freshman year of high school, because I knew I wasn't good enough to make the regular team. So I said, all right, this is my one chance. Yeah. Let's make the most of it. We were the worst team ever assembled. <laughs> and it was so crazy. We played a game once, and we won. And it was our first win of the year. We were like 0-9. We get this win. We're in the locker room. We're changing. We're not even showering because it's freshman year of high school, and you're too scared to get in the shower. So we're just like, all right, we're going to change. We're going to get on the bus and go home. We're changing. The referee comes in to the locker room and says, we messed up the score. It's actually tied right now. You got, And we shook hands. like we did, the, we did the handshake line and everything. So he comes in. He goes, it's actually tied. You guys need to come back out here and play the overtime. Somebody messed up the scorebook. We're, like, in clothes, and it's, like, the winter, so we're in full pants, like, sweatshirts yeah. on. We're ready to leave. So we got to take that off. we got to put our sweaty uniforms back on. we got to go back out there. We lose in overtime. We're 0-10 now. Oh. It's just like we had a win. We were so happy. We we're And then they were like, nope, it's actually tied. I've never seen that happen before in my no, life. No, that's, that's, that's like, insane. Somebody checked the scorebook, and they're like, oh, yeah, we messed up. And it sticks with you. I remember. That's stuff. me. I was runner-up in my fifth-grade spelling bee. I'll never forget. Succinct. What was the word? Succinct. Spell it. S-U-C-C-I-N-C-T. I don't know. Oh, I trauma, trauma, no. trauma, PTSD. trauma, trauma. <laughs> I should have. Succinct. Yeah, you have to repeat the word. I was back. not a great speller. I was the, like, a, I was more like geography B. I felt Ooh, better in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you went to a Backstreet Boys concert. I did go to a Backstreet Boys your, concert this I summer. need to hear the full experience, because I told you I'm going to Jingle Ball. Backstreet so, Boys will be, well, here, how about I read you the Backstreet Boys songs that I have on my Jingle Ball I don't know prep? all the Backstreet Boys songs, so. Okay, but I'll just, you let me know if I'm missing Backstreet's any, back. any big ones. All, all right. right. Um, oh, my friend just sent it to me, yeah. 
I'm sure they did an entire Christmas album, so. Did they? So we only have five songs on here. Well, I Want It That Way is on there twice, so four songs. (laughs) (laughs) You really want it that way. Everybody, obviously, Larger Than Life. Yeah. Um, As Long As You Love Me. Yeah. And I Want It That Way. Those are the four. Those Those, are the big four. Those are the big four. Okay, so we're chilling. But if it's it's a holiday one, I'm sure that they're going to do. Do a Christmas? Yeah, do some Christmas. But then if it's a Christmas song, I should know it. Are you You saying they're new Christmas songs? No, no, no. I'm saying they'll probably do jingle bell rock or something you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like they'll definitely do a couple of those. a lot of black ips on here um, so we went in uh in the summer and i was already like uh like do we need to do this like we just went on a honeymoon we've been spending a lot of money so like no let's go with friends let's go and uh i'm not a huge backstreet boy i'm not a huge i was never into boy bands really yeah. like i'm yeah, just i know it i know enough but like i don't know all the songs right, when right, i hear right. it i'm like oh i know that song but if you tell me you know xyz song or like which guy is which i don't know no i couldn't tell you that. i don't know i liked the the really tall guy i thought he was good yeah. i don't know who, no, I don't I don't know who, who that, that is, is either it's so. like nsync like i feel like people had favorites with nsync but though. over the night i learned who was who mm. and i'd be like oh who's that guy because they all like take turns on the lead or whatever yeah and then even during breaks between songs like one or two would stay out and talk to the crowd and then you'd figure out who's who and yeah, things yeah. like that. But it was like their first tour in a while, something something well, years. Well rusty. And uh, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely electric. The energy was awesome. Cool. The finale is like you, they'll play probably a couple of those big songs. You're like they haven't played it yet. When are they going to play it? When are they going to play it? And then bam, like they'll finish off with that. Yeah. They'll you probably do like a fake finish, come back out for another <laughs> crescendo. So yeah, it was so good. What's uh? What do you think? Because after a concert, I'm like, I'm only listening to that artist for, like, a couple of days. No, I'm done. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I, saw, I, li- I went to Coldplay over the summer. I'm more likely to listen to it leading up to it, so I'm oh, not. I think I'm the opposite. I think I'm, like, I probably don't do enough prep, and then I get there, and I, like, don't really know all the words. But then afterwards, it reignites, like, I'll do that something. with a movie soundtrack if mm. the movie soundtrack was good. Like, I, saw, I saw Wakanda Forever. That, that album is right so i was yeah. like all right let me listen to the soundtrack for that yeah. or like greatest showman's good yeah there. greatest showman's big on our team like that. um lastly i'll i'll leave with this because i know you have a job i guess and we have been talking for an hour or so yeah um how what is your stance on pressure internal versus external and do you have you like gotten to a place where maybe you don't feel that pressure like external pressure as much anymore or does it still does it almost feel more so because you are in a more authoritative position i don't feel a ton of external pressure i think purely because no one is ever going to put more pressure on me than me yeah so it's like one of my things about getting on an athlete if they make a mistake or like I, I hate watching sports where like somebody will just start screaming at an athlete or parents that are just like you dropped the ball yeah no no yeah, yeah no no obviously like <laughs> what you're saying right now is not doing anything to correct the issue or reinstill confidence like mm-hmm. those are the two biggest things you need to do after making a, a mistake correct the issue or put some confidence back into the system but like telling somebody that like you, you know you're counting on and putting pressure on them they probably are putting enough pressure on themselves especially yeah. if they're an overachiever somebody that wants to succeed like 
and nobody knows me better than me. Nobody knows my goals and what I'm trying to do and where I'm trying to go. So it's very hard for other people to put pressure on me. Yeah. But that's also, it's in my control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Other people can't put pressure on me if I don't accept it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't feel their pressure. Where are you at with, like, self-talk? Do you, do you like, self-talk I'm, a lot? I'm, I'm a big positive self-talker, yeah, yeah for sure. I don't, I, negativity doesn't go very far. No. It, it just, again, if it doesn't help you, why do it, mm-hmm. you know? I, I've never been a person that wants to necessarily maybe talk negative things out or I'm not a huge venter either. I don't know if that's just me. I'm a I'm a problem solver. All right, my my life's not going the way I want or something bad has happened. Some people like to, to live in it and like to, ugh, just feel it for a little bit and then move on. I'm just more like, okay, how do I get out of this as quick as I can? What is the next step I can take to get there? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say, so that was like the basis of um, where I wanted to come from with the podcast. So there's a, I don't know if you know the author, Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, So my dad really likes uh, his book or some of his stuff, but he wrote um, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And one of the things he says, or one of my favorite quotes from him is that with every adversity carries with it a seed of equal or greater benefit. And, like, trying to keep that objective and neutral mindset towards things because it's not always, like, I kind of, I don't hate it when people say be positive, but it's, like, sometimes it doesn't always, like, it's it's not organic to how you're feeling or um, it may not even be always the appropriate response for a certain circumstance. So trying to just be more neutral towards things and then just take that step forward and um, that's kind of where, where it comes from. That's all right, though. Like viewing things in a in a more neutral mindset do you prefer to be like more pause on the positive end of things a thousand percent yeah so you think what do you think um what do you think you've gained from from that is it just like the that the optimism like allows you to like see a a different perspective is it um i think it allows me to be the captain of my ship Whatever that, you know, I'm the captain of my, sh- yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever my soul. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. you know what Woo-woo. I mean. You know what I mean. You hear yeah. it, right? But I, the winds don't tell me which way my boat is going. I decide which way to set the sails. Okay. Like it gives me the control of, like, you're trying to put pressure on me. You're trying to push my boat in a different direction. But I know where I want to go. I know what the course is going to be. So I'm going to continue to do things my way. And then the other, the other part of having a positive mindset having a positive attitude it allows you to kind of take a step back and understand that nothing is ever as bad as it feels in the moment yeah right you go back and you think about like your your first high school relationship or something like that (laughs) and you're like oh you broke up you thought the world was going to end and then you'd like take a step back and you're like it's really not as bad as you thought you know or there have been times where you know, I've had very little money in my bank account and I was like, woe is me. The world is going to end. And it's like, it's really not that bad. Cause I'm still here now. So I'm like, this really couldn't have been that bad. Right. It probably in the moment didn't feel good. And the, like, the woe is me. I'm out of it. Yeah. You know? The woe is me aspect. Cause I definitely went through that. Even just being injured. I was like, for sure. Jaded. Like, so just everyone's against me. Like nobody understands. Like, um, and I have a great story too. Okay, we, after. that's the yeah. That's all this is. It's just tangents. Yeah. But I um, 
uh, shoot, where was I going with that? that about being injured. Yeah, what was me? That, um, oh, dang it, I lost it. We were doing so well. All right. So, you go, you go. So, think of it. you know the story of Sisyphus? I don't. He was, I, Zeus, Zeus banished him to Hades, and he had to push a big boulder up the hill every day. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And whenever he got close to the top, the boulder would fall back down to the bottom. Right, so I tell our, our people coming back from injury or surgery or things like that is is you have to put your head down and push that boulder up the hill. Yeah. Um, but why are you pushing that boulder? Why are you doing all this work? Is to one day get that boulder to the top. And that feeling, when you finally put that boulder, and it may have dropped a couple times. It may have rolled back to the bottom. You've been discouraged, but what did you do? Put your head down and you kept pushing. When it gets to the top, you need to celebrate that moment like no tomorrow because it's not just that moment. It's everything that it took to get that boulder to the top. And sometimes we're so quick to, you know, celebrate, move on. Oh, you know, we got to win. All right, move on. Or, you know where it's like like not letting yourself enjoy but enjoy enjoying. that enjoy them like yeah you know what you know, we'll win the championship and you know we'll recollect and we'll move on to the next but enjoy that moment right there because it took so much to get to that point yeah right that's that's why we do this that's why we play sports is to reach the mountaintop and sometimes yeah. we you know we may never get there in terms of success but Pushing that boulder up the hill is part of the journey too, and that's yeah. that's the enjoyable part. I uh, I remembered what I was gonna say. Just that um, with the woe is me thing, like why I finally realized I was like, why are you exempt from like this thing that has happened to so many other people? Like you are not the first, you won't be the last. Like and and just in life too, it's like everything that you have ever experienced, anyone and everyone has already experienced before you, especially when you sort of get into these niche communities like what it is to be a student athlete it's like we all have these shared experiences or even as a coach it's like you have shared experiences a former athlete um and somebody's had it harder than you. exactly it's not even close like my life is very easy like and just knowing that and also because that was something like I remember coming back in for preseason and I'm like hyped. I worked out all summer. I was so excited. I coming back from shoulder surgery. I'm ready to go. I'm cleared, you know, um, did all the PT, did all the work, like did the mental, like I worked out alone all summer, was down in Florida and, um, and then came back in and like first day of preseason, I'm like, I'm feeling my shoulder click. And I just first drill. It's like a, a bold ball drill. It's not even we're not even full speed. And I just I start getting emotional and I'm like on the sideline, our athletic trainer Jake, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. My shoulder's supposed to be fine. It was nine months ago and whatever. And um, you know, he kind of I, I have I owe him a lot because he's helped me so much, even on the mental side of things, just being like, Well, you know, it's day one. Like it's literally day one. You need to, to calm down, take a deep breath. And um, it's so true. Like, I think that it's like we want things on our time and and, in this, like, regimented thing. Uh, And something I heard, I just saw Jeanette McCurdy, um, the conversation with her up at Edwards. And one of the things that they said that stuck with me is that to do something regularly doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it every day. So in terms of, like, creating those habits and even mentally, like, 
just constantly like checking back in it's like i can fall off the wagon a little bit i just got to keep regulating just keep checking back in keep getting on the saddle keep getting on like back into it and that's that's the vibe all nice. 2023 yeah um, all right so you, you said no resolutions because why wait until now wait, but, but is there general. any is there anything that you do want to focus on for 2023 like i said my my big thing is going to be no phones in bed yeah um that's a good one i think two, i might adopt that actually two years ago i think 2021 i don't remember what 2022 was we had a lot going on so we're just we were yeah. just going with it 2021 was to stay hydrated mm, i remember talk that. about a great resolution just stay hydrated did you that's where that big jug came from my wife yeah. ended up buying us did you fulfill that I think, I've been, I think I've been pretty hydrated since then. Because so. that's the other thing, even with resolutions, like doing something regularly doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it every day. Like, I think people, it's like January 1st, everyone goes back to the gym and it's like, yeah. you know, and then it all dwindles. Like, I think there are days where I don't drink a lot of water, yeah. but I think I drink more water than than previously. Than most most Do you people crave it more now. Do you feel that? Uh I don't know if I crave it. It's just things I do. Like, I'll drink a glass of water first thing when I wake up in the morning. Because I'm like, before I put coffee in my body, I should at least put a glass of water. I saw that on TikTok. A girl was like... I'll have a glass of water before, you yeah. know, when I go to bed, too. Yeah. Like, when you're making your coffee in the morning, like, fill your mug up with water. Drink it before you put your coffee in it. And then it's like, you're already eight ounces more hydrated than the average person. I went to a, a conference a long time ago. This guy, Perry Nicholson, who's kind of a... He's big into, like, the lymphatic system mm -hmm. and, like, Eastern medicine yeah. and things like that. And so it was about the lymphatic system. And he said water is great to do that. But he said, take the glass of water first thing in the morning. Hold it to your heart. Ooh, and, and uh, you know, thank it and, uh, and appreciate it for what it's going to do to you. And he mm. said the results from that are significantly greater than if you just drink a glass wow. of water. So part of the gratitude or or thankfulness that's a, an act of it right there just that's i appreciate right. this water for what it's about to do and yeah. then bam there's I, i've seen that with other things too like plants like if you talk to your plants like they grow better yeah. like it's it's really interesting how it's all connected it is but scott thank you very much i can't wait for round two in 2023 I was it's gonna just be gonna great did you enjoy yourself i loved it okay good because that's like the biggest compliment as much as it is like i joke it's like diy like clearly it's it's a it's a homemade production i'm i'm introverted by nature but Same. i really do enjoy this the setting. conversation this is great yeah. yeah but that's like the biggest compliment that i i feel is like when my friends are like that was fun i want to do that again so all right thank so you so glad we made this happen good adopt don't shop <laughs> <laughs>